This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's get things going. Wednesday edition of Sportsnet today coming your way from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We're live on Sportsnet 960, the fan, or wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. I'm Logan Gordon. Outstanding production duo of Cam and Taylor in the other room. Good afternoon, friends. Good afternoon. Hello. Nice of you to say hi, Taylor. I always say hi. On the air, you came in, you didn't say hi to me at all today. I feel like the hi is implied. Wow. I'll remember that for uh, for next time. I didn't even say hi to Cam. Well, it's fair. Maybe you should just start saying hi to your coworkers a little more. No. Okay, fair. Uh, lots to get to on the program today. The Calgary Flames back on Scotiabank Saddledome ice for practice out of their three-game homestand that starts tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings. We'll hear from the likes of Daryl Sutter and Dylan Dubé as the afternoon goes on. We'll also check in with Mike Kareen from uh, Sportsnet.ca. All things CFL free agency. It's been a wild 48 hours since CFL free agency opened. So we'll check in on some stories around the league and hear from head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, such to address the media at McMahon Stadium. A little bit later on this afternoon, we'll bring that to you right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. But uh, very happy going on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to kick off the show like we always do, and that's with a conversation with the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. It's Peter Labardius, and he's brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am awesome. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, Flames back on the practice ice today, getting set for that three-game homestand that starts tomorrow against Detroit. And uh, the best piece of news to uh, hand out was that Rasmus Anderson was back out there with his teammates. Not on his regular pairing, but still good to see number four back on the ice with his teammates. Well, absolutely it was, and hard to say when he is going to be available for sure for duty again, but, you know, he wasn't in a yellow jersey or, um, no, he was not on any of the regular pairings that we've seen since he was hit on the scooter by the car in Detroit last week. Um, So it will be very difficult to know whether tomorrow might be the day, but, uh, Yes, very welcome news for a hockey team in the battle of all battles right now to try and make sure that they get themselves back into the Stanley Cup playoffs to have their number one defenseman getting at least closer. And I think by what I observed today, and it was it was a great practice today, actually. Uh, um, a lot of pace to it. 
um, some good battles. Um, you could tell some of the preparation absolutely indicated that they need to do some better things through the middle of the ice uh, against Detroit, which uh, certainly plagued them um, last week. So it was uh, an excellent, excellent practice. What have the Flames missed not having Rasmus in the lineup the last couple of games, Lou? Well, you miss 24 minutes. You miss a quarterback on one of your two power play units. You move. You miss one of your best puck movers. Um, you lose a lot. You know, it's he isn't quite yet in the neighborhood of, you know, maybe being in the same category as some other number one defensemen in the league, but he certainly is closing in on being looked at that already. So, absolutely. They miss a lot, and the sooner he comes back, needless to say, you don't have to uh, take hockey 101, 102, or 110, <laughs> or 310 to know that that would be a good thing. And uh, as it was brought up in Daryl's media availability, you, the Flames have changed up their power plays, you know, post-All-Star break the power play grouping, and we haven't really gotten a chance to see much of Rasmus with that new power play grouping due to the fact that he missed the last couple games on this road trip. And, you know, Mackenzie Weger and Noah Hannafin have seen the biggest bumps there, Lou, but Rass has been this team's de facto power play quarterback really since Mark Giordano got selected by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft a couple years ago now. Uh, We haven't had a chance to see him operate with the new groups yet. No, we haven't. Just the one time in New York against the Rangers before his accident, um, I guess, a week ago today. Yeah, is when it occurred in the supper hour in Detroit in preparation for the game against the Red Wings. So um, we haven't, and we're not sure we're going to get an opportunity to do that again tomorrow. But the likelihood of him returning, I think, sooner rather than later, certainly looks good. And, you know, Daryl commented and you know, we talked to Kirk Muller about the reasons last week in regards to why they went down that road. Um, you know, it just, it, they haven't gotten enough, even though they were very, very patient with, you know, one group in particular. So it's going to be a really, really key area. It's, I thought it's had some good stretches and, and some good, looking action in the first four games since the break, but they're probably going to need a goal from that unit in just about every game, the rest of the way, potentially at least the average of one goal a game, the rest of the way to make sure that they're playing past April the 12th. Yeah. So Rasmus Anderson back at practice with the Calgary flames today operated on a fourth pairing with Connor Mackey and uh, doesn't look as though he's going to be set to return to the lineup tomorrow against Detroit, but good news nonetheless for Flames fans uh, as we look ahead to this three-game homestand for the team and the potential that Rasmus might be able to return sometime in the next uh, handful of games. We'll keep an eye on that, of course. Uh, any news here right coming to you from Sportsnet 960. 
uh, the fan. Lou, another guy we wanted to uh, talk about today and highlight after what was a really strong finish to the road trip, uh, a guy that spoke to the media today, Dylan Dubé. Uh, Daryl Sutter at times this year has called him the team's most improved player, excuse me. Uh, I think it would be hard to disagree with that assessment from the coach. And uh, just, you know, why did you want to uh, highlight Dylan's play of late? Well, I wanted to highlight it as of late because I think he's playing some of the best hockey I've ever seen him play um, at this level. And as we touched on yesterday, he's starting to look a lot more to me at this level. Like I've seen him, you know, at previous levels, world juniors, um, obviously had a terrific career with the Kelowna Rockets of the Western hockey league before, you know, he started to make his way into pro hockey. So it's been a lot for him to learn. Um, and yes, we did go down that road, obviously in part yesterday, you know, he's got five points in his last couple of games. He, is up to 33 points on the year, which has already broken his career high with nearly 30 games remaining in the schedule. Um, he has fit very nicely with Lindholm and Toffoli. And, you know, if, if you know about some of the players and some of their groupings, I, I think, you know, Dylan has always certainly had quite a connection with Milan Lucic and Lucic and Toffoli are best of buddies. And so, you know, Dylan finds himself, I would think, off the ice dealing a lot with them. And on the ice, he has tremendous respect um, for for Tyler and obviously for Elias, who wouldn't. And so I asked him today in the scrum, you know, does he feel like he's playing his best at this level? And if so, where have some of the biggest strides come from? You know what, I you give a lot of credit to the guys I played with this year. Like I've had a chance to play with Naz and, and Manj at the start and then uh, Lindy and Toff now, like they're high capable players. They've they've had a lot of success in the league and when you play with them you're kind of a sponge, you learn from them, you get you kinda of learn the game and that offensive side when, when you play with producers like that and, and how they think the game. So I've been lear- learning a lot from them and um, you know, it's uh trying to get better every single day. I think that's been my goal since I got drafted here was to try and make strides every day. And and uh, and a lot of that is just from learning the league and, and being around um, this group and, and older guys and learning from them and how to get better every day. How much better do you feel, whether it's on the walls in your own zone and the things that you've done away from the puck? And has that been a big contributor as well? Yeah, I think so. I think it uh, still get better, though. I think, um, you know, with Lindy, he's such a reliable... Uh, 200 foot player that you know he probably covers a lot more defensively um, you know with some mistakes that I'm still making and still learning so I think for me it's still that process of figuring out that game I want to be in the big moments of trying to close out games and you know I was out there on the ice last time and it, it didn't happen so I think there's still a lot of growth in that department and I really think personally that is where the greatest area of this season has come for him. Um, Yes, he did point to the fact that he was one of the guys on the ice, but he's more trusted. And Logan, as we alluded to even yesterday, that wasn't always the case since Daryl has been the coach. He's had to earn more of those situations. And, 
you know, when you're better on the walls and you're making better plays to get out of your own zone and, you know, he's an excellent skater. So he certainly has an opportunity to, you know, track and be great on the four check, whether he's starting it and on regroups and reloads. So I think his game is really translated to about as high a place as, you know, it's ever been. And you just hope that, you know, and I've always loved him as I talk about a lot on a big stage and it's, it's a big time for this team right now. So we'll see how he continues to flourish and how that group continues to flourish as we head down the stretch. A couple other things I wanted to uh, chat with you today about. Something we haven't talked about, Lou, but I think it's important for us to chat about over the last couple of games has been, uh, you know, with Rasmus going down, Dennis Gilbert has been recalled. Obviously, he's played the last couple of games for this team, but something that you and me haven't dived into on this program is the fact that that means he has, you know, gone right past Connor Mackey on the depth chart. Uh, when it comes to the Calgary Flames, and that's an interesting spot. Connor's been in and out of the lineup at different times this year, mostly you know when it comes to Chris Tanev injuries at different points, but has struggled to remain with the club, or in the lineup, I should say, on a consistent basis. Is this a situation where if you were the Calgary Flames, Lou, you might try to send him back down to the AHL to get a bit of a reset if he could? Yeah, I would, absolutely. I mean, he needs to play. Yeah. He has barely played all season long, and practice is one thing, and frankly, I thought he did some real good things in practice today. Um, But it hasn't necessarily translated to him being where he wants to be and where the team wants him to be, you know, in the same role that you find Dennis Gilbert in, which, you know, that's about to change, too, the minute that, you know, Mr. Anderson returns. So, yes, absolutely. If he was to clear waivers, um, you know, maybe it, it would be hard to imagine that, you know, people watch and they watch at all levels. And, you know, he has some solid tools. He can play aggressively, uh He is an excellent skater. He's got good size. Um, You know, it's it's really about consistency and having it translate to the NHL level. So could I potentially see him being part of a package going towards the deadline? I could. And I could also see them going, you know, with the kind of year he's had and he hasn't played very much. Could he pass through, you know, and then – help Mitch Love's team, and he needs to play. One of the reasons, in part, although I've really grown to like Dennis Gilbert's game, I just think, again, Dennis Dennis has done or been in pro hockey, I believe, now long enough that he has a pretty good idea and a handle on who and what he is. And that's that's a hard place to arrive at for young players. And not to say that he doesn't have way more ceiling, um, but that to me is what the separation has been 
in regards to call-ups and the games that both guys have played because I think the number off the top of my head for one guy, talking about Connor, is 10, and the other guy's now at 11 or 12. Yeah, Dennis just hit the uh, the 12-game mark uh, the other night in Ottawa. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's right along there, but they've kind of gotten there in, in different spades. And I'm glad and you One went... guy's played a lot yeah. this year. Yep. Sure has. One guy hasn't. Um, and that's tough, right? Any young guy can tell you. And that's kind of why... I don't, I don't want to say that we took him for granted, but it's kind of why Michael Stone was so revered here the last couple of years, Lou, because it's not an easy spot to be the seventh guy and to come in every 10, 12, 20 games and be effective. That's just not something that you pick up, especially as a young defenseman, without game time. That's not an easy thing to do. Well, because you don't know who and what you are. You don't really know yet um, exactly what's required at the highest level. Um, and not everybody is Michael Stone and is nope. in the position that he's in, is the professional that he is, and he's played a lot of games in the league. So, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, you're comparing a guy with hundreds of games against a guy who's not even anywhere near that, not even at 100 yet. So it's very different, and I feel for Connor. He's a great kid. He, I just, I always enjoy my chats. He's always pleasant. He's always respectful. I, I really like him. He's, he's a guy that every time he goes in, I'm always hopeful that, you know, maybe it's one of the games that gets him over. But it just, to this point, it hasn't happened. Uh, goaltending, uh, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but, uh, if you had a lean, where would you be heading for uh, a starting goaltender tomorrow night, Lou? <laughs> We're asking the goalie question. We are. Um, I'm probably going to Jacob again. Yeah. Yep. Which means they'll probably go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's never happened. Hey. Say one thing and the team goes no, it the other way. All the time. <laughs> yes. So, you know what? Um, Goaltending certainly hasn't been, you know, Daryl referred to it today as streaky, and that's very fair. Yeah. On both guys' accounts. I, I still, for me, it's it's not – it's not problem number one or number two for me. It just isn't. Consistency, um, getting more individually out of most players, many certainly, that's way higher at the top of my list. Shining with uh, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960 is Peter Labardius. He joins us every single day, courtesy of our pal, our pals at the uh, Gemini Group Home Renovations. And, uh, Lou, before we let you go today, you uh, wanted to chat about some university hockey here in Calgary and a team that's uh, making quite the noise uh, this season. Well, there's a couple of them, in fact. So the University of Calgary Dinosaurs, under the longtime guidance of Mark Howell, has put together a fine program. It's been that way for a number of years, but, you know, they are currently riding 
a record-setting winning streak. Um, and to the point where they have finished first in the Canada West Conference for the first time in what seems like forever and might be all the way back to the 80s when Willie Desjardins was the coach of the Calgary Dinosaurs. Um, so they will not play this weekend. Um, but a guy who I've really gotten to know this year, and in fact, I spent about an hour and a half in his office yesterday is Bert Gilling, who has done a, a marvelous job with the Mount Royal University Cougars. They ended up fourth. Um, I am told that I was not at it because the Flames played Seattle. Uh, their their meeting at the Crow Child Classic was just that again this year. They're two really good teams, and MRU will take on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies in a best-of-three quarterfinal that begins on Friday afternoon. And because um, the the women's team at MRU, and they've had a great year, they finished third, they're going to play at the 7 o'clock ice slot. So um, I might be the only person happy about it, Logan, but they're going to play Friday at 2 and Saturday at 2 in the first two games of the best-of-three. And I know somebody who's going to be uh, wide-eyed and in attendance, and I've, um, you know, seen both teams play this year, and it's it's one of the best kept secrets not only in the country but in this city. And if Mount Royal takes care of business, guess who's going to play one another next weekend in a best of three semi? It's going to be the two teams from this city, and. You know, Bird is just, he's a hes a fascinating guy. You know, he spent time in the NCAA. Um, maybe I feel a bit of a kinship because he was a one-time Estevan Bruin, and not when I was there because I'm 100 and he's not. Um, <laughs> but but we do share that. Uh, he's, he's one of those really progressive, wants to do things different, wants to continue to try to, to grow the product. I don't think, and I'm just speaking for myself, not for him. Um, you know, part of everything that they battle, and especially in a city like this is, you know, do you get enough resources, enough support? Um, is your facility in, in a good, in a good place and good shape. And, you know, even with them, having to play in the two o'clock slot on Friday, as opposed to the seven, um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but, you know, both those programs have done an excellent job. Uh, I hope in many ways, although I got to tell you, I grew up in Saskatoon. So if you don't think there isn't a little Husky blood running around in me, there is, and there always will be. So I'll be a little torn, but uh, if you have a chance on the weekend, and you're in the area, I highly recommend it. They had a great Mount Royal, had an awesome practice yesterday, had a great visit with not only Bert, but the other couple members of his coaching staff. The hockey is terrific. It's, it's well worth the 12 or $15 to get in the door. Um, you won't be disappointed. And there's, in the last 25 years, 
there are been there have been two teams that have won the Canada West playoffs. University of Alberta has won it 18 times, and the University of Saskatchewan has won it seven times. Now there have been appearances, um, certainly for the University of Calgary over the years at the national tournament, but this year this conference for a change might just go through Calgary. And I hope people, whether it's this weekend at MRU next weekend, and maybe even the weekend after, you know, at father David Bauer will take advantage. It's terrific. Kids deserve your support. And and the students, Mm. you know, would love to see them get really behind their, their schoolmates in the next few weeks. Lou, you're the best. We'll chat with you tomorrow on a game day, hey? Okay, have a great afternoon. Take care. Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. Joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He joins Sportsnet today every single day to kick off the program, and he does so thanks to our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at the Gemini Group. We'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter and Dylan Dubé next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Continuing things here on Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you. Calgary Flames back on the practice ice of the Scotiabank Saddledome today. First home game coming up. Thursday night of this three-game homestand. First one since before the All-Star break. Last time Flames fans saw this team, it was after a dismal defeat against the Chicago Blackhawks. Flames looking to change that narrative around against Detroit Thursday, the New York Rangers on Saturday. That should be a great game. And then the Philadelphia Flyers in for their lone visit to Calgary on Family Day Monday afternoon. Chance for us to hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames post-practice, including head coach Daryl Sutter, talking all things around his team, his assessment of the road trip for the Calgary Flames, what they want to clean up after that loss in Ottawa, and some interesting comments about his goaltenders going forward. All of that and more here from the head coach, we spoke to the media at the Scotiabank Saddledome earlier today. Earl, after the game uh, in Ottawa, you said that the guys played a hell of a game. I think we all agree on. Have you been able to take the positives out of that game instead of focusing on what happened at the end? For sure. I mean, every every game is a new game. I mean, you play almost a perfect game, so uh, move on. Um, this team has hasn't. Going, when you guys are trailing going into the third period, you guys haven't won a game yet this year. What, what, what has to happen to start sort of coming back in that third period? Oh, I think we've come from behind. I don't think it's just based on periods, and that's also a historical stat because I'm sure you'd look at all that. There's really not much relevance to that this year. I mean, that's always a very stat that's a, like a double figure to zero number a lot, right? You, know, you, you always compartmentalize uh, and look at the stats yeah. for everyone, but, but Cole is in particular. I'll just ask you flat out, are you getting good enough goaltending lately? I think our goaltending this year has been streaky. If you look at it, both our goalies. 
if you look at it from the start of the year, uh, you know, you just check, but um, I'm just thinking off the top. Uh, I think Marky wins like four of his first five, or f right in there, five of the first six. And uh, and then you go into early November, and that's where, quite honest, where we struggled, if you look at it. Uh, late October and a couple of weeks in November, there's probably seven or eight games where our goal team was not where it needed to be. And then, um, and then I remember talking after, was it like the first quarter, the games, the ratio started games. And then since, so then we really dug in on that and adjusted it more so that um, probably, I'm going to say since, and then, it, then, then also in that marquee, like before Christmas, that's also, you know, where you start getting close to that halfway mark. Marky was really hot in there. And then once January rolled around, then we started looking at more starts and the schedule and recovery, all that stuff. And then Vladdy got hot. So if you look at it, it's been real streaky, both sides. So you used the word adjustment in, in your answer just there now too. Like you adjusted when Markstrom was kind of having some problems. You spelled him off for a little while and Dan carried the ball. Yeah, you got to look at it, Eric, because I don't know the, I don't have in front of me the after 20 games, the start ratio. Uh, we, you know, it's, and I know in the league, quite honest, going into this week, um, that ratio starts in the league is other than there's five, probably five guys at the top and five guys at the bottom that blow it away one way or the other, not playing or playing. I'd say that uh, we're right. We're probably a lot of teams are saying the same thing, quite honest, when you get into that low 30s and low 20s ratio, which is what we are. And there's a reason for it. That's because it's streaky. Does it make you reconsider your starting assignments? You know, right now, for example, Markstrom's not, he's in a bad streak, somewhat. Would you consider starting Vladar more now? Like well, if you one, like, you know, I'm not getting into individual stuff. That's for you to go talk to players. You, you want me to transfer it through something through media. That's not the way it works with me. So um, if Marky would have won in Detroit, no, if he'd won in, uh, or if we'd lost in overtime in Buffalo and won in Ottawa, then you would be saying it. So if you look at, there was, there's pivotal points through the season with those guys. Uh, and, and quite honest, it's not so much Marky starts, it's Vladar being able to handle when he gets three or four in a row. It's the next one that you start seeing, right? Because he's a kid. You start seeing things in his game. Oh, okay, got to pull that back. So it's... Uh, you know, so I, I talked to Mike Vernon about this, quite honest, quite a while ago, and it's quite honest, true, the best way to answer all your questions, need two goals. So we're, that ratio is closing up for us. Darrell, we've talked a few times this year about winger play getting closer to the center play. Were the last two games for you a couple of really good games for your wingers? Yeah, you know what? The, we're pl playing teams that play a different type of neutral zone. Um, three of the four on the to start the, uh, on the Eastern trip, so you have to play a little different game. I think we adjusted as it went along, and I think that. Uh,
played us against Detroit, we weren't very good against it. And then in the next night in Buffalo, we were we got better at, and then Ottawa, we were really good at. So you want to try and carry that forward. Darrell, what's uh, what's allowed Dennis Gilbert to jump into your lineup when he has and be a pretty effective player? Because Tanny and Ross have been hurt. Dennis's game, have you liked that has allowed him to kind of be a seamless? Yeah, you got to create your, you know, that's just like like having lines. You know, if somebody's hot on the line, then you say the line's good. Well, um, with the way our defense has been this year, it's it's you know, Tanny's been in and out, right? So he's missed three stretches of. So we've had to give guys opportunities, and you, and you take the opportunity. What's allowed him? Because because he's outplayed whoever else was in there. That's not that, you know what? It's a fine line, and he's uh, Dennis is one guy that can play both sides for us. So, and he's done it. You know, he's did it through school and did it through through uh, through his pro career. So that's allowed us a little bit of flexibility in it. So if uh, Rasmus not having played recently, did, what's the onus on your other blue liners to move the puck more, carry the puck through all three zones? Yeah, it's no different than you know, like sort of that. You're saying that because that's Ross's unique skill set, right? That's what he's really good at. So, so when Tanny's out, what's his unique skill set? So everybody has to do that little bit, try and do it a little bit more or a bit, a little bit better. And we've been good at it. It hasn't been a, any issue at all. You changed up your power play units coming out of the break. Yeah. Have you liked what you've seen in three games? You know, we just wanted, and it was hard because Ross's been gone, but. Uh, McKenzie jumped in there as that right guy. We just wanted to get a little different look up top in terms of lefties, righties, and and um, you know we played quite honest. We played guys who were fifty some games in. We gave guys that don't have a power play goal yet. So <laughs> you know you, that's you that's a pretty patient approach. But at the same time, you have top guys that could produce more. Can I just circle back on your conversation with Mike Vernon? Because every goalie I've ever talked to wants to play seventy-five games or so. What was his Rationale for the importance of having two. Well, just the way because, and that might have been every goal you've ever talked to said that, but the schedule is quite a bit different, right? And if everybody says, well, historically that's what you've done, well, historically that's not what you've done. If you look at it, it's come. It's those guys who play that. There's a minute number that's the, that's a number that's kind of maxes guys out, and and so then you want them. You know, it depends where you're at with your organization, right? There's some teams that'll play guys 70 games, but they're in the lottery. The way the league is now, I mean, so it's quite a bit different. The league is much more even, so than at any point it's ever been. So it's probably better with your schedule to, you know, if you could if you could ever get into that 50-30 or that, you know, in that split area, and that's that's kind of where we are. So. Do you have enough, like, have you seen enough of Dan at this level to know what his minute number is? He's a, he's a young goalie. I mean, so. Not really. I mean, it says, I just said, the goalies have both been streaky. So it's, it's streaky because they're young, streaky, whatever, right? So. There you go. Flames head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media earlier today at the Scotiabank Saddledome following practice for the team. They get to take on the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow. A couple things there from Daryl that I thought were of note. The goaltending conversation, and it's a tough one for Daryl because 
look, as many of us have pointed out, yeah, you're going to want to ride Dan Vidar. And I, I, I think that's how they'll go into the homestand, but I don't know that for sure. And at the same time, you're still trying to, you know, if you're Daryl, you, you can't completely bury Markstrom from a, a coach's perspective or just from a play perspective. Dan's been great all season, but what if Dan was to go into a, a streak himself the other way? And you're going to need Jacob Markstrom to come back. I understand why those questions were asked uh, 100%, and all of them were, were valid from Eric and Wes and, and all the crew down there. But from a coach's perspective, he's still kind of got to ride that line of, you know, where exactly, even if the decision has been made to go to Vladar for the majority of games down the stretch here, first of all, Daryl's not going to tell you that. And second of all, I don't think he can tell you that. Because there may come a time where you do need to go back to Jacob Markstrom for an extended period. And you do need him to pick up points. Clearly, the guy's got enough confidence issues as it is. It's not a time to pile on to that. And I thought Daryl did a pretty good job of of walking the line. And while Dan has been better this year, I think that's a, a pretty fair analysis of both. I think Dan Vladar's numbers himself could be better this year as well. A 273 goals against, and he's just over the 903 mark for save percentage. So they're good. They're not great. They're good. And they're certainly better than his counterpart this year. But if you want to pick up points and you want to get to where you want to go if you're the Calgary Flames, probably wouldn't hurt them to have Dan Vladar pick it up a a little bit as well. Lines, uh, D pairings all stayed the same for the Calgary Flames at practice today. Only addition to practice was Rasmus Anderson, who was out there. Uh, he skated on a fourth pairing with Connor Mackey. So it doesn't seem as though his return to the lineup is imminent, but uh, certainly getting closer for Rasmus Anderson. And that's good news for the Calgary Flames. They could certainly use him. Uh, of course, you know, timing is everything. And for this team to escape major injury with Chris Tanev pre-All-Star break and then to lose Rasmus on the road trip is just, it's really crappy timing for this team. Feels like we've been fighting all year to have the best six available for the Calgary Flames. And they just they just haven't had it. Now they could really use it. So hopefully, it's obviously a great sign that he's out there, but hopefully it's it's a, a sign of things to come for Rasmus Anderson. And, you know, fingers crossed you could see him back in the lineup at some point over the next couple of days. There wasn't any major update on that today. It was good that he was out there, good that he was skating again. He wasn't in a non-contact jersey. That's always something to watch for. Uh, But as of right now, no real indication whether or not he's ready to return to the lineup as soon as Thursday against Detroit. One more person to hear from after practice today. It's Dylan Dubé. He's been on fire of late. He's really formed a great first line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. He scored a couple of goals in that game against Ottawa. And he's feeling pretty good about himself. And I think Flames fans are feeling pretty good about how the young man has progressed in his game this season. He took some time after practice to speak to the media on the season so far. 
what the team needs more of and where he's at at this point in the season. Here's Dylan Dubé following Flames practice on Wednesday. Dylan, um, you know, Detroit was obviously a game that, that you guys were disappointed in and sort of resulted in the performance. Uh, what does this game tomorrow sort of mean in terms of improving something for yourselves? Yeah, it's important. I think uh, I think we created enough offense throughout the 60 minutes that we had a good third period. Um, you know, the style of game they play with the uh, one one three. I think uh, we adjusted better to it towards the third, but we got to be ready for it right away. I think they uh, controlled more of the game uh, um, because of that. Can I ask about third periods? This team still hasn't overcome a third period. Or you guys haven't won a game where you guys were behind going into the third period. What do you guys have to do to kind of reverse some of those results and, and, and generate some offense and, and secure those wins? Yeah, I think uh, I think it starts from earlier in the game to not get in that position. I think we've. Uh, you know, found ourselves uh, trying to chase the game in the third period from not being uh, ready at some points. And you know, when we're winning hockey games, we have the lead early and, and, and are able to play the right way from there on. So, um, yeah, I think it, 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 it's a lot of it starts from even the first couple of shifts of the game. Yeah. It's been yep. a couple of days since the <clears throat> Iowa loss. What, what can you take away from that defeat a couple of nights ago? Um, I thought we played really good. Uh, 57 or however many minutes left. I thought we played a great game. Uh, even in overtime, we hit the post, have tons of chances. Um, they get one on that, that break there, and um, I think that's just how hard it is to win, uh, especially at this time of the year. But I think there's lots to, to build off that game, especially. Um, I think that's, uh, that's our key right now, and I think that's been said a lot, but I think that was coming off that Buffalo game and that 57 minutes of Ottawa, a really good hockey by our team. Dylan, your, uh, your game is probably at as high a level as it's been at the NHL. Um, do you feel like there's one or two areas this year where you've really made strides, which has allowed you to continue to be more successful on the offensive side? Well, I don't, you know what, I give a lot of credit to the guys I played with this year. Like I've had a chance to play with Naz and, and Mange at the start and then uh, Lindy and Toff now, like they're high capable players. They've they've had a lot of success in the league, and when you play with them, you're kind of a sponge. You learn from them. You get you kind of learn the game and that offensive side when when you play with producers like that and and how they think the game. So I've been lear- learning a lot from them, and um, you know it's uh, trying to get better every single day. I think that's been my goal since I got drafted here was to try and make strides every day and. And uh, and a lot of that is just from learning the league and, and being around um, this group and, and older guys and learning from them and how to get better every day. How much better do you feel, whether it's on the walls in your own zone and the things that you've done away from the puck? And has that been a big contributor as well? Yeah, I think so. I think it uh, still get better, though. I think, um, you know, with Lindy, he's such a reliable uh, 200-foot player that, you know, he probably covers a lot more defensively um, you know with some mistakes that I'm still making and still learning so I think for me it's still that process of figuring out that game I want to be in the big moments of trying to close out games and you know I was out there on the ice last time and it it didn't happen so I think there's still a lot of growth in that department. Playing with those two players uh, if you can explain uh, how does it help in terms of getting the amount of space you can get on the ice how much do they help in, in that aspect? It's great. They, you know, those are the guys. They know what they're doing before they get the puck. So if you find that open spot, they'll get it to you. And um, you know, that's exactly what I need to learn from them. Is um, 
you know, sometimes you crowd the puck too much, um, make the game really, really tight, small game. And with those guys, they know how to open it up. So learning from them and finding the spots because they'll be able to to get you the puck there and, and um, you know, having that vision of, of making those plays. So you learn a lot from them. These last couple games, though, I mean, it feels like it's been going your way in a lot of ways. What's, what has been clicking? I think our, our line's been, uh, been doing a lot better. I think we uh, got back to where we need to be. We need to be a contributor for this team, help the team win. And, um, you know, we've been scoring. The puck's been going in the back of that, too. Like you, you take away, you take all the same chances they don't go in, then you're pretty frustrated. So a lot of it, too, is pucks going in the back of the net. And, and, you know, we are playing better, but that's a nice thing to have when it is going in. Some personal milestones for you on this trip, but I guess you come home at the end of it and no time to celebrate it, plus also the team comes back on a losing note. Talk about just the, the difference in emotions from being happy with your game and sad about the way the team's gone. Yeah, it's that four-and-a-half plane ride, you don't I could care less of individual at, at this point to be honest we need uh to win every game and that's the goal going into it so um you know I haven't even looked past the the losses to be honest I uh, I know every guy in that uh this locker room thinks the exact same thing too so um for me it uh you don't you don't feel good about producing if you're not winning to be honest yeah you played those two really good games, and, and I know that the Ottawa game doesn't go the way you want it. Can you, now that it's been a little bit of time, can you take a look at Buffalo and Ottawa and see a lot of positives in the team game? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, um, you getting down 2 nothing in, in Buffalo and coming back and scoring seven is a really high note for our group and, and that resilience. And it just it wasn't we got up a couple and stopped. I think we, we played hard the whole game, and it built into that, that Ottawa game. I thought we played good throughout it and for 57 minutes I thought we were control the game minus just the um, special teams they gave there's a lot in that game which changes momentum and I thought we uh, like rallied back after and, and kept our momentum throughout those periods of the game so I think for sure there's stuff to build off. It seems like you and Tyler are pretty close just what, what's his influence uh, been on you Dylan? He's been great he's uh, he's had an awesome awesome career and and lots of success so for a guy like that you just you like being around him, you follow him, um, do what he does. He's a um, special player to be around for sure and become a really good friend. So it makes it a lot easier uh, playing with a guy like that, um, you know, who knows the emotions of the games, um, always kind of even keel. And, you know, it settles me down a lot when you're in big moments of games because, you know, you're, you're playing with him. You know, he, he steps up, makes really big plays. So, it, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun playing with him. He has talked about some shots uh, finally going in. Is he maybe a guy who exemplifies that? Just so many posts and then finally picking a couple of really good spots on that road trip. Yeah, it's good to see. He's a he's a goal scorer. That's what he does. So when he when he feels it, it you know, it gets posted. in. I think he's still hitting the post a lot, but they're going in. So it's uh, it's really good to see um, him have that success, and it, it's helping our team for sure. Do you guys joke about the, the amount of posts you guys hit during the year? No, I think I think it's the opposite. To be honest, I think you're frustrated when you hit the post. I think it's uh, you know as individual sometimes it's uh, deflating a little bit because it uh, you know you did everything right. It's just that it, uh, it bounced that much the wrong way. So like you see a lot of guys, the way you got to beat goalies and how big they are, you got to go post in a lot of times. And um, when you shoot to score, uh, you're probably gonna hit the post quite a bit. So that's the it's the tough part. Just hopefully it goes in.
Flames forward Dylan Dubé speaking to the media earlier today at the Scotiabank Saddle following Flames practice. He set a career high in points this season, just 54 games in, 33 points for Dylan Dubé, 15 goals, 18 assists. And if he continues on that pace, he will easily break last year's career high in goals with 18. He's been tremendous on that first line with Tyler Toffoli and Elias Lindholm. And as you heard there, uh, always love chatting with Dylan and hearing him because he's such a humble guy. He works his ass off. He's always been one of those guys that's put in the extra work, but he's very rarely going to be the kind of guy that credits himself for all of that. You heard him there. You know, I'm playing with Naz this year. I'm playing with Elias. I'm playing with Tyler. Those things have helped me, but a lot of credit has to go to Dylan uh, for the work that he's put in. You can see the continued progression in his game year after year as he's gotten more comfortable in the NHL. And, you know, for Flames fans, you know, really wanting to see more young talent in the lineup and see what they can do. Dylan Dubé is a great example of just 24 years old. He'll be 25 heading into the next season, and he continues to get better. Uh, and that's, you know, not even three-quarters of the way through this year. We're not done seeing what Dylan's had got an offer for this team, uh, you know, through 82 games of the Flames season. So really exciting. Good on Dylan Dubé. He had a great road trip. Flames fans would love to see more of that continuing into the homestand. It starts tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings. A quick reminder, you can get us wherever you get your podcast. The shows are up just minutes after the hour on Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We'll kick off hour two next with a look at CFL free agency. Mike Kareen of Sportsnet.ca is set to join us around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.